The best way to a man's heart is through his stomach. This is our proverb, our idiom, our expression for today. Sharon horn from here. Supersize your business. And we're talking about this expression and what it means. Now, the actual origin of it is pretty unknown. It's, it's not clear exactly where it came from, but there's a lot of references to it in different languages and in the English language as well. John Adams wrote something similar. He said the shortest way to a man's heart is down their throat, which is a little bit different than stomach. And... I've heard it, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach more than the best way or the shortest way. Uh, Ian Somerhalder is attributed with saying it. Richard Fords, he wrote a handbook for travelers in Spain and that had reference to the same saying. And it's popped up throughout uh, literature and throughout the ages as a, a comment. So whenever anything like that happens, guess what? scientists and researchers do they actually conduct a study of it and they try to find out if it's true and it turns out that only a fraction a small percentage of men say <clears throat> when surveyed i guess that the way to their heart is through their stomach and that good food really is a way and a thing that makes them very very happy it, it turns out that women actually are more likely to be um, attracted to or swayed by good food and good, I guess, I suppose good, um, good food, good wine, good, good things like that. So my question is, are you a good cook? I'm, I'm actually a good cook. One of the things I love to do is cook and bake and create yummy things. That's my, one of my favorite words to annoy my son and my daughter. And I love the word yummalicious because it's used to describe something that's just so delicious. It's yummy and it's delicious and you just want to eat it. So you put the words together for yummalicious. But that word bothers my son, who is also an incredible cook. He's a great cook. Uh, and how do you get to be a great cook? You practice. You do it a lot, right? Nobody's born being a great cook. It's one of those things that you either decide that you want to learn how to do and you want to um, be good at or you don't there's there's skills like that in our lives some people love to clean some people love to cook some people love to do art some people love to create things or paint or whatever we're all different and it's kind of the cool thing about the world it makes the world go around by having all of us want different things and all of us like different things but I contend that like all scientific research that seems a little far-fetched and off the wall it's it's not really relevant whether it's the food that attracts people or not. It's what's important to the person and the other person in a relationship, whether it's in business or in life, that we need to consider what's important to that person. Now we all have certain needs. And I looked this up because I remembered Tony Robbins does a good piece and talks a lot about uh, six things that cause humans to behave needs. He has personality needs, four personality needs, and then two needs of the spirit. Um, the, according to him, our personality needs are certainty and comfort, love, not love, uncertainty, which means variety, which is kind of a dichotomy, which is why I'm attracted to this because it's so um, counterintuitive. Then significance and then love and connection. He said those four needs, we as human beings, those are the needs of our personality and our ego. We have to have those needs met. And then he goes on to talk about the needs of the spirit, which he considers contribution and growth, personal growth and growth in some way, shape or form and contribution. I love that six breakdown. Why? Because it's six things and I can remember them if I want to talk about that. And the discussion around them is, is really compelling to me. But he also talks about the, the difference between pain and pleasure. People will do far more to avoid pain than they will to gain pleasure. So we want to remember that when we're looking for our key customers and the people that we serve and when we're communicating with them. 
What is it that they want? It doesn't matter what we want to sell them. What matters is what do they want to buy? And people always buy what they want. They don't buy what they need. People might need something, but they buy what they want. If a problem is bad enough that they need a solution, then they want the solution. And once it goes from the cognizant, rational, subjective thinking to the emotional thinking, the wanting of it, that's when they'll buy the solution and solve their own problem. So how do we take our products and services and make sure that we're actually addressing the wants and the desires of the people that we're here to serve? We can do that in a lot of different ways. Mostly asking them, paying attention to them, understanding them better than they know themselves, understanding them better than they understand themselves with respect to the problems we solve, the solutions that we have for them. Uh, another interesting thing I found about this was that I, I looked up human desires because I'm like, okay, well, how do you know what we want and what people want? And I got a list of 16 different human desires. I'm going to cheat and use my magnifying glass. I'm going to grab my, my little, uh, grab a notebook that I wrote this down and, and read these because I thought they were interesting. And I'd be curious to see if you agree with this. Do you think this is the 16 most common desires that human beings have. Again, researchers studied this and found this to be true. So they are acceptance, curiosity, eating, family, honor, order, idealism, independence, power, physical activity, romance, saving, social contact, status, tranquility, and vengeance. I thought that was an interesting list. And then, of course, our seven basic needs and Maslow's hierarchy of needs and all those things uh, are the seven are air, water, food, shelter, safety, sleep, and clothing. I agree with that, of course. And then, you know, clothing's optional depending on where you're from and, and where you live and what the situation is, and what your beliefs are. So how do you, in your business, go about knowing what your customers want, what their needs are? Because we, we they buy what they want we give them what they need because we want to make sure that they have the transition, the transformation, the success with our products and services that we desire, that they desire, but what we also desire for them. So that they'll continue to do business with us in the future. So curious how you shake out on those understanding your customer. What are your customers? What is your customer? We don't want all of them. What is your customer's number one want and what is their number one need? And they're not always the same thing, right? Sometimes they want a solution to a problem, a specific solution, but what they really need is to change the way they believe or think about the situation so that they can even apply the thing that they want or get the thing that they want. And if they don't change the way they're looking at the problem and the situation, they'll never actually apply the, the solution that we have for them. So again, we have to sell them what they want, give them what they want and need. All right, have an awesome day. That is our idiom and expression for today. I guess I kind of twisted it to what I wanted to talk about, given that I don't know that the best way to a man's heart is his stomach. I don't think so. If it was, I'd probably still be married. All right, have an awesome day. I'll, of course, see you tomorrow with another interesting idiom. What does it mean? Where does it come from? And how might you use it in your life and your business right now? Take care.